Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And we return this week to our Video Nasty segment, and we are looking at the New York Ripper. Yeah, we are looking at Lucio Fulci's. I believe I'm pronouncing that correct. Um, Lucio Fulci's New York Ripper. Uh, I always love when we do video nasties. You know, it's uh, I don't know why. I think it's just such a a fun segment that we do. But the films themselves kind of have that real 80s kind of low budget, high gore, strange quality about them that I just absolutely love. You know? Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> They are, they are all like the peak of 80s, but at the same time, they're also these kind of films that are like really like you, you really, I love looking into how they've kind of pushed that boundaries and some of them yeah. push the boundaries to the point where like, ah, still to this day, they are like, that's, that's a, that's a dirty way of doing things. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it, it still, still seems gross or it still seems like impactful. Some of them, not so much sometimes, but most of the ones I think we've seen, we've been like, yeah, actually that's still to this day is effective in how yeah, they've gone about it. Good. Um, I'm trying to think of off the top of my head, the ones that we've covered. I know we did a nightmare in a damaged brain. This is my part where I, uh, I cheaply plug them so people can go listen to them. Um, <laughs> Cause I know we did, uh, we did eaten alive. We did um, nightmares in a damaged brain, which was super weird. We did uh, the Evil Dead. Any well, last house on the left. Last house on the left. The original. The original. Um, I did the burning with uh, Neil from We Needed Roads podcast, you, which was yeah. a good fun one. Um, and I'm trying to think if there was anything else, or maybe this is just where we've got to so far. No, I don't think so. I mean, when you were doing solo episodes, <laughs> you did do a partially video nasty. Yeah, a little partial. <laughs> Uh, a little partial. The um, I can't actually remember Necro, Necro, Necromantic. I don't actually know if that was an Evil Dead. If that was an Evil Dead, um, that that was a video video nasty. I don't know. I thought I thought that's I thought that's what you gave it a title of a partial or Dead and Buried. Uh, It might be Dead and Buried. A a partial one, I think. Um, Okay, Necromantic seemed like one that would be. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it did. It definitely did seem like one. Uh, But for some reason, I couldn't find it on the list. Um, But before we jump into it, uh, yeah, I will do my usual spiel of um, reminding you, please, to hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. It's always good to see the. uh, to see us get a new review and we've we've uh we've overtaken uh spotify as our most reviewed it used to be apple podcasts but it's spotify <laughs> now um so just please remember whatever you're uh whatever you're listening on to please hit the subscribe button and leave a review now let's get into it king um <laughs> <laughs> the new the new york ripper so um yeah, because uh, we are we're we're recording uh, online today because yeah. uh, well yesterday we were doing a a two men and a baby situation with, me, with yeah. uh, both uh, looking after my uh, my daughter Eliza <laughs> while trying to fit in a day of fun and we were we did try to fit in some Hellraiser we only got one done but <laughs> yeah we're slowly, we're slowly working our way yeah slowly working our way through those films so today we are recording at the same time as uh, being mindful of a uh, baby that could wake up at any time. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, 
So 1982's The New York Ripper. So um, yeah, this I mean uh, this is this is an odd film. It's not a it's not one of I wouldn't say it's necessarily one of Fulci's most loved films. No, um, it's one of his weaker reviewed films. Um, even though it has got its own cult status, I think just for the fact that the film is weird. The film is oh, very odd. Really I mean, Fulci normally is quite odd and jarring for people that don't get uh, don't get the style. Yeah. Um, when he's in that, I mean, I I did that short solo episode on foreign horror, and I kind of briefly spoke about you know Jalo and you know the the kind of weirdness of it and the certain quirks and charms that you've got to get your head around. And I think if you can get your head around it, then you'll kind of fall in love with the genre. But it is stuff like being dubbed, uh, particularly with like eighties Italian and just. Italian horror in general it is kind of like like we were saying in the car yesterday it's kind of weird uh soundtracks that definitely don't fit the tone of a horror movie well fit porn movies and high <laughs> gore and 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 like a lot of the times it's it's just like all oh, right we've done like uh we've done like a horror a horror you know 10 minutes now let's give the people something to beat off to you know it's yeah just that kind of thing i mean about like this one that might be more jarring than everyone said like i i've seen a couple but not that many like he obviously did zombie 2 or or is it zombie yeah. flesh eaters or whatever you call it in your zombie, like yeah yeah or, or zombie or like word, yeah. wherever you're from you know meant to be going on the hype of uh, dawn of the dead and things like that like kind of thing yeah. it was kind of like the italian version of them making their own sequel to uh george romero stuff um but in, in those ones i i said to you like the dubbing I kind of got because I was like, I know that it's an Italian person who's done a dubbing kind of of that. The thing that's jarring with this film is the fact that it's one, it's the New York Ripper. So one, you're expecting yeah. to see a film based in New York. But the odd thing about the way that this film was made was the fact that all of the exterior is New York. So it actually is yeah. shot in New York. But everything on the interior was shot in Rome and is Italy, and and most of it is Italian actors or French actors who are being dubbed over, except for the main detective, who I believe is an English actor, but he's still dubbing his voice on top of his voice. Yeah, but <laughs> that's such that's a, a jar, jarring effect. It, every, everyone is. And you've got characters who sometimes you're like, I mean, it sounds like your voice. It just sounds like the editing's really bad. <laughs> and then yeah. sometimes it's like, that doesn't sound like that person's voice at all. You sound like some weird screeching. I don't know why, but you look at a person and go, I don't imagine that you sound like that. I know. It's Not really that we weird. actually know. <laughs> and, it's, and that's the thing. It's like they they film it and then they dub over, you know. Uh, and obviously that leads to a weird thing where usually when, you know, people are talking in films or doing things in films, you get varying different sound levels and people who are further away might speak at, you know, different tones. But with, you know, Jarlo, everything is kind of at one consistent tone, which is just loud and everything sounds like it's being read because it obviously is. And then the other is that sometimes they get, uh, you know, if it's a small role and that person's not able to come and record their voice lines, then you'll get somebody else recording their voice line over them and in in some cases like the worst cases 
are the scripts actually changed because they were like, oh, there's a plot hole or, oh, this this line actually doesn't sound good. So you have somebody who just saying a completely different line over it. And yeah. it does, it adds to this, like, for, I find it adds to this kind of surreal fever dream kind of effect to it. The first time I watched a couple of these, I didn't know whether they were dubbed or not. So I was really like, is this... Is this just a really bad like quality? Like, what's going on? But yeah. The, once I, I did, got into it, I, I literally it. did. I, I I forgot when I came to watch it. So I, I watched the first one. I was like, oh, this is, oh, I've obviously I've obviously gone onto a bad copy. Let me try another copy. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, it's still bad. I was like, oh, shit, yeah. I, I remember what I'm watching now. Um, I, I'm used to this kind of thing. Because I keep thinking, like, oh, should I just get the english subtitles and should i listen like should i do it in yeah. italian instead and i was like wait a second no that's not no because they've that's done it in, they've done <laughs> yeah. it in the, that's the point that they've done it in that style so it is and it will be uh, like i was saying to you yesterday for anyone who's very much like within like i kind of i tend to hate like like there's a lot of the old like um like kung fu movies and stuff like that yeah i can never really take them seriously because of the like the dubbing and the voices and Anytime I watch it, if 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 the dubbing, if the words are out of place, it really annoys me. It like bugs me. Like yeah. I can't watch a copy of it. Someone might say, "Oh, it seems to be like a minute fast." This copy, so I'll be like, "Right, I'm done then." <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's off, and I can tell it's off, and it's going to bug me the whole film. I won't be able to enjoy it. But that's why you've got to wrap your head around this. Anyone who's into like a classical filmmaking kind of style. You will be thinking a lot of, like I said to you yesterday, you'll be thinking, God, the editing is bad in this film. God, the, the sound editing is bad in this film. Man, this film has no, like a weird ass structure that doesn't seem to go, you know, all these yeah. questions. And yet, like I said yesterday, there is there is that odd charm to the fact that this film almost feel they almost feel like Frankenstein films or Frankenstein's yeah. monster film to be specific. <laughs> <laughs> like they feel like Fulci is the, the Frankenstein and he's made these monsters of films which are like parts of other people's ideas, parts of other things where he's kind of spliced it together. Then he's added his own layer of sexual exploitation over the top yeah. of them. Like that's what a lot of them have felt like to me like so far. But there is, in terms of like a horror part of it, there is a great deal of like good gore when it actually gets to. Oh it. yeah, like Fulci's. I mean, everybody knows he has, you know, kind of like uh, uh, a fetish for destroying people's eyes, which is brutal. And I haven't watched one of his films where I haven't winced when it's yeah. come to the eye. Um, and I don't know what it is. Like it's, Zombie it's Two is one of the it. best. The eye, yeah. the eye into the uh, spike of the the, the table or whatever it was, kind of thing. Oh, That's, like, so bogged. And then, yeah, in this one we have a razor blade that slashes oh, through oh. the eye, and yeah, it's it it, it is brutal. Um, and it has a range of different um techniques in this film for different ways that people are killed. So he does use like stuff around them quite a lot, and a lot of like sharp everyday objects are used to like yeah. mutilate. And it is all very like this the the sadism, the sadistic nature is very much obviously this is New York Ripper. It kind of feels a bit like you know the old like Jack the Ripper kind of playing against women yeah. and and kind of the way that they see them or seeing women as like 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 basically like whores and stuff like you know what I mean Pretty like much, that kind of yeah. way is the way it is um and it, it is that is that odd part in this film where you've got one part that's like a cop detective thriller where it yeah. seems to be quite like just mainly focusing on the cop and his life at parts then you've got the part where it's like uh 
it is like a, a standard slasher, like a point of view kind of slasher. Yeah. Um, and then you've also got this other part that's kind of like a um, like a voyeur kind of film. Like, uh, oh, yeah. um, I'm, I'm blanking on what they're called. There were, there's like a porn, French porn film that's people, Emmanuel. Emmanuel yeah. is what they're called. <laughs> like those kind of films. Like they were yeah. like, they were seen as like French, but like classy porn, basically. Yeah. And yeah, it, there, is, there are parts of this film where it does go like right. It's like um, I said to you yesterday, there's about a 20 minute period where it no longer quite feels like it's about a serial killer because it pretty much just follows mainly one woman as she goes around getting different things done to her sexually or different yeah. people. Every, or every character suddenly has something sexual happening around them for about a 20 yeah. minute period. And there's not really that much mention of any killer at that point. It's pretty much just one voyeuristic sex scene to the next either sexual innuendo or sexual part. Or, yeah. And, um, and the weird thing is, obviously, like, every, everybody in this film is fucking, you know? Like, the like obviously, sex is, like, a central theme of, like, of Jallo and Italian horror films. Yeah. Um, and in this one, you know, it seems to be, like, sex, religion, and... Um, you know uh like or cultism you know those are like the three main ones that you get but in this one you get the the detective who i i kind of love that even though it's like you know it's 1980s uh new york he still kind of feels like he's from like a 1940s noir movie you know yeah and everybody <laughs> kind of talks like that in the police station but he's having a you know he's having an affair with a prostitute and then you've got um, this person who they think is the New York Ripper, who's like, you know, missing half his hand. And he's like a sexual deviant. And you follow him around like. Yeah, he was, I think he is like shows. a he is like a he was meant to be like a, a model of some kind because you see him like modeling posters and stuff like that. But like sexual, like he was a like a porn star, yeah. a porn man is mentioned at one point. But you're following that yeah, yeah. really creepy dude who and like then you have. Yeah, uh, the woman, and then you have the woman. Sorry to cut in, man. And then you have the woman who's uh, I didn't even I don't remember Jane. Her name, I think her name is Jane. Yeah, the Maybe. the 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 wife of like a I I don't even know what his deal was. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the someone, guy. He was a rich he, guy. His wife. He's a rich, he was a rich man. Yeah, rich and, man in a big house. And, and he likes to keep recordings of her. Uh, <laughs> That that was yeah. one odd, but he like she she went to, the first time you see uh, Jane, she goes to like a live sex there. peep show, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and you get a whole voyeuristic scene of her like getting excited and touching herself and um, while she's recording it, and then she he has the recording and he seems to store these recordings, so you're kind of like, yeah, what's going on here? Are you like, is this like your weird kink relationship? Like you do this and you record stuff and you go off with other men and stuff, but then it also it kind of goes away from that and starts to make it seem like she's more just going off to find other guys. And somehow <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I couldn't really follow that part, but it, it was, um, as... I mean, it's, but it's also weird. Cause there's that scene where they go, where she's in the, like the bar and there's um, the, yeah. the two people who start like harassing her. And like making her drink a beer and whilst they're touching her up, and, it, and I swear that yeah. part goes on it, for like it, it's an odd 10 one minutes, and it's really weird. And this one's not for the guy. guy. If there's any women out there who have a have a male foot fetish, then you'll probably yeah. love this scene. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all about the kinks on this one. <laughs> it is. It's real like kinks, isn't it? But it's I mean, it's super weird. The whole film. 
it, it is, yeah. You, you get several of those scenes with her, which is like... And she's a character you feel like was going to just die really quickly. You thought she was going to die on the peep show. Oh, then yeah. you think she's just going to get caught out again. Then she ends up having... Uh, she has sex with that weird guy, so she ends up in bed with him. Oh, that bit is awesome. Yeah, like when... Yeah, yeah. and he's... um, It constantly... And it constantly seems to be about shots of her crotch. Yeah. Everything is about <laughs> like uh like literally fault she is the like I said to you, like our last episode, the birds was all about Hitchcock and we're saying that when he was directing blondes, he has one hand on the camera and the other hand. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure Fault is just constantly like just whacking it the whole time just he's filming these films. Watching. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like oh, yeah, what's my I next kick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 is a cool scene because obviously at that point you um you do think it's like he's the you're not sure if he is or isn't kind of thing, the killer. Yeah. Because at the start we had a point of view kind of shot where we followed, and I thought the whole film was going to be mainly the point of view, and it, it does for the killer actually continue. But there's a scene before they go into that peep show where you think they've revealed the killer because he's then stood yeah. there as the point of view changes. Um, so then you're like, oh, has it revealed the killer or is it trying to throw us off the scent? And it's kind of that kind of, I wasn't I sure when we first watched quite it. Quite cool, you know. Um, that that well, I think that that part is pretty is pretty interesting and pretty well done. Um, obviously, so like the film opens, um, we have like an old man walking his dog, who's and the old man's really weird as well. Um, he keeps saying like, get it. Get it, yeah. his dog, which is just strange. The best um, line in that opening was, his, and it just straight away showed me that kind of odd kind of European or Italian humour, is the fact that when he bends down, he goes, oh, instead of going like, oh, my back, he goes, oh, my balls. Yeah. <laughs> so That's the line he said. He's like, oh, my balls. Like when he's like bending down to get the stick. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. So it, it almost straight away is like, Straight away you're like, wait, you're not done properly. Wait, that's a weird line. <laughs> straight away yes, you're so you're like, okay, <laughs> I, 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 at least it straight away shows you what kind of thing it's going to be because the humor is very odd. <laughs> oh yeah, the humor's weird, man. Um, but then we, you know, we, like we we get that, uh, you know, we find this decomposing hand, um, and then we follow like another like woman on a bike, and we have you know we have the typical like. Uh, Italian horror soundtrack. I don't. I don't think it's Goblin doing it, but it's like, you know, it's like slap bass. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it I told you it was like a seventies cop show to me. Yeah. It, sound, it, 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 it sounded like if you watch one of those American seventies ones, like Starskin Hutch or Kojak or something like that. Like, yeah, it's literally that kind of like. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I love it, man. Um, and and then. Uh, you know the detective is like trying to try to find out who the hand belonged to, but we see the first woman uh, who who does get killed, kind of ride driving her bike and being followed in a car by you know the New York Ripper. Yeah, um, and it, he you know she she like breaks into or uh, she hits somebody's car by accident, and then like the, I I just love that this is like the way in which they'll speak to each other but everybody's such a dick to each other yeah and this this guy just says to um 
the woman you're a menace to society and women have brains the size of a chicken <laughs> i don't know why why did it make me think of george costanza from Seinfeld? yeah <laughs> I, I, yeah. There, I, sat there going, I don't know why i feel like that's something that george costanza would say <laughs> it would, I love it. and he has that he, he he's kind of got that costanza vibe I'm, yeah, i love he's... costanza he's, he's so good and all you need in this film is it's Kramer to be the New York rep. Yeah. <laughs> they get um, she gets the uh, so she she goes to kind of get revenge and like goes on the ferry, doesn't she? And then she's yeah. writing inside the car, and that's kind of yeah. where we get the first of our um, the first of our our kills with her. Yeah, um, which is kind of POV shot, isn't it? You know, it's it is. Yeah, it, well, it, you you see yeah. her talking like she said. It's very much. It reminded me of. Um, it reminded me of like Friday the Thirteenth, you know, when she's in the car at the yeah. school, girl in the car at the start, and they're like looking. That's the kind of shots we get. Like it is all, it is all until you get, like. Um, to be fair, actually, all of the killer shots, most of them are point of view, except for um, sometimes when the killing happens is normally when it cuts away to like a more of a yeah. wider shot. But when he's like, you do follow him around, but you start to think you're following different killers and murderers and stuff like that yeah. um hers is hers is quite because br- you get the whole like she's screaming trying to get out of the car once she realizes yeah. something's wrong it's very weird that she's so happy to just sit there kind of chatting to a guy that's just walked along caught her doing something like she's like i'm gonna get in trouble so i better talk like i was like i'm gonna yeah. get in trouble <laughs> so i better talk to you and then she, yeah she's just uh she's kind of sat in quite happily until he starts to be all weird and makes duck noises <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I don't, I did not know that at all, man. You know the quacking, the quacking. <laughs> I feel I I had heard I had heard of a horror film about that like is so weird because it has a Donald Duck like sound of a quacking guy, um, and <laughs> coming into so this weird. film, I didn't realize it was this film. <laughs> it so is weird. very odd. It, at first, you almost might even not like. You might be like, what's going on? You might get confused and think it's the radio or something weird. Um, well, the, but as it well, goes on, you'll notice it much more. Well, before that, um, we get a, a phone call. Uh, no, we don't get a phone. We get the detective. Yeah. And he's saying, he's talking to the like the woman's landlady or something um, of the of the hand that they found. And they say like, oh, um, he, you know, she, she, she was on the phone to somebody um and he was you know he was speaking like a like a duck yeah or he was speaking well, he's quacking at her like yeah that. and i thought this is really weird but i was like oh they're doing like oh it was like a doctor you know so I yeah like a quack yeah yeah oh so was, i don't know i was like oh she was on the phone to the doctor and then when the killer started and the quacking happened, I was like, oh no, they mean he was actually <laughs> He's actually quacking. He actually does that that raspy Donald that that <laughs> Yeah, it's literally <laughs> that. And he's like <laughs> it's, it's hard not to be like in my head, like even though they use like a certain like later on they use a certain like doll to explain it of certain things, yeah. but it's hard not to be but in my head like as if it was like Fulcher or someone being like a bit like consumerism of Disney or something like that. Like yeah, they're like the just... evil of America kind of Because <laughs> it just it, seems it, too it... obviously Donald Duck. <laughs> I, I'm sure it is actually the voice because <laughs> it, it well it's so distinctive, you know. But it's There's just it's so up. weird. It's, it's just so out of place in many scenes. Yeah. And that's the thing it, I think you have to get your head around the the 
the nuances and the weirdness because it is that kind of film where it's like a weird you know 70s cop music and a quacking killer so you never you don't quite you there's some suspenseful moments but you yeah. never yeah, you quite watch it as like oh my god i'm terrified of what's going to happen no. you quite watch it as like oh this is like this is a cool watch you know it, it, it looks is what cool. it, it goes well you know it's, the weird humor like and the 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 cracker is almost a bit that I feel like sometimes undermines to make it kind of almost to the point where you start to see it a little bit satirically or something like that. You know, like you feel like yeah. it's so everything has been so kind of like turned up to eleven that yeah. it starts to feel a little bit like surrealist kind of, uh, which That's obviously it. a lot of the uh, giallo kind of is trying for a surrealist, like the French New Wave kind of style. Um, they were very linked, so like it is all quite surrealist in that way. Um, which is why, like, in my head, I was like, at some points, I was like, I was thinking from a video nasties point of view, I was thinking, like, yeah. who takes this, like, who could almost take this so seriously that they think it's going to be that harmful? Because most people, I feel like, would have just dismissed it. Like, this is like most general audiences would have just yeah. been like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, I, I'm not yeah, scared because they... I'm like, what the fuck is Donald Duck killer? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for like, a guy but... to come out in a blue, <laughs> a blue top and no pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just hanging, just hanging, just hanging, yeah, and, we and... need the poo in it. <laughs> But you have a point. Like when you look at the the previous video nasties we've done, um, we had the last house on the left, and yeah, that had like that said, had weird music. Had <laughs> that weird was the only music. odd bit. I had bit. like the cops were a little weird. Yeah, yeah. But outside of that, it was pretty. You know, it was pretty serious, classic, especially yeah. in the seventies. Yeah. And then Evil Dead, you know, which is pretty. Uh, I still think today, which is pretty gross in moments. Yeah, you know, um, Eaten Alive was was gory, but and and quite quirky. But I don't think it ever quite jumped onto this. But it was st- it still had some pretty taboo things, you know, like young teens, Robert England trying to ass fuck teenagers. Yeah, you know, yeah <laughs> for yeah. lack of a better word. Um, and then you get to a film like this. And it's like, well, I mean, the eye scene, definitely. You know, the I eye mean, scene is fucking that, That's the thing. I feel like a lot of these things in my mind have covered over the fact. That's what I kind of meant. Like that surrealism kind of almost makes a layer of it where it, almost a little yeah, bit of times you don't I mean. take it seriously. Exactly. Even though there is actually like, I can't, I can, I, I definitely can from a video nasties point of view, um, see why. You know, uh, the sex, the sexual, oh, you yeah. know, the voyeurism, the exploitation, the violence towards women, um, that definitely. But when, as we were talking about the gore, like with this first yeah. one, for instance, until she gets it, it I kept thinking it was just going to cut off, to be honest, because yeah. she was trying to get out of that car and like, like she started screaming as if something had been stabbed into her. So I thought, oh, oh, it's just going to cut happened, off. I, yeah. I was like, I was expecting more violence from Fulcher. I was expecting this. Bit. <laughs> and then actually, no, she ends up she ends up getting pulled back into the car. It cuts away for a moment, then comes back to her. Then she gets pulled yeah. back into the car again. And then with like a switchblade, he starts like slicing up different parts of yeah. her body. Um, yeah, and, and probably slicing it apart. Yeah, so is, uh, and she does get quite brutally like sliced up and cut up, um, yeah. and that gore does continue. Like, so we've said the uh, the prostitute who the detective with obviously gets sliced up with a um, razor blade oh. through the eye, down the oh. eye, and you get to it's slowly so see it sliced down through it, and she also gets cut up in other places and sliced up. Yeah. 
Um, one but good, it, one positive I think is actually quite good is that um, that one's a, that one's a sudden one, the 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 prostitute. But a lot of the other ones, like this, uh, the girl on the ferry, the well, the girl on the bike, um, the the live uh, the peep show, the woman at the peep yeah. show who gets who gets killed, um, the the Jane who I mentioned before, the rich yeah. lady who gets killed later on. One good positive thing I do say is that actually a lot of a lot of these aren't just like sudden deaths. So quite a lot of them, you actually follow them for quite a good a little short period of time to let the kind of yeah. suspense build a bit. Yeah. Um, like the Peep Show one, for instance. The Peep Show is really weird because that's like you were saying. That's when we get the uh, we get the POV scene of uh, I can't remember his name, but Johnny Two Hands. I'm just gonna call him. You know, um, <laughs> Johnny Two Fingers. Whatever. The, the missing um, two fingers. <laughs> missing two fingers. Yeah, um, and. It's kind of weird because it, it, it reminded me of, you know, Nightmares in a Damaged Brain, which was also, you know, um, uh, kind of Italian. And they yeah. all have that, like you said, that seediness. They look at that that part of New York as being like nowhere near when you see it looking in films nowadays, especially. It looks a lot better. It's kind of a place you want to go. They make it look dangerous and they, they look at like the the rotten part you know it's like taxi driver in that way it ha- it looks at like the underbelly of what's actually there yeah and we see him walking through you you were mentioning about like the overdubbing and there's a bit where he gets a ticket from like a an arab dude and it's, <laughs> it's clearly like some italian guy doing uh, a really bad accent yeah doing a really bad like borderline racist accent <laughs> yeah. um oh like because they're like well we, ah we didn't actually record him doing this voice line so you do it, and there's this one guy just doing an impression of it. Um, and then we get the reveal of this uh, two finger lad, and you kind of do think that he's the he's the killer. And then he goes into the peep show. Um, there's you know two people just like fucking, and there's a whole bunch of people watching, which is really weird because um, yeah, you always the... assume that. Not many people are going to be there, but it's, it's a full house, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say no. I think yeah, there used to be quite big things where people would. Uh, I'm assuming mainly men, but occasionally yeah. people or even couples and things like that. Like, do people actually go and just like beat off? And well, they go, they yeah. must have made money because they were around for quite a long time. From like yeah, like it's, it's uh, weird. The eight, it? like the seventy. I think it was even. It wasn't until the early two thousands that some of those like were gone finally from like New York and places like that. Maybe yeah. yeah, like you still have ones in I think in Amsterdam. Apart from that, like mainly oh, yeah, most of them are gone. But um, apart from <laughs> that, I yeah. found what I found interesting was you know another little subvert of expectation was this time they had the uh, instead of your you know your classic male pervert in a trench coat beating off it's a female pervert yeah uh, in a trench coat beating off you know a little gender switch there yeah the, 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 the trench coat is the you know is the uh is the apparel of businessmen and street beaters <laughs> you know well, <laughs> like... it, it, it's the difference in your in this kind of in these kind of films if if it's a man who goes into that fear to him beats off it's going to be a oh, this is a this is a dirty smutty kind of film if it's a woman it's like oh this is voyeuristic this is art this is art <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is art it's completely fine 
Uh, it um, reminds me of, uh, it, uh, again, so many things in life remind me of Always Sunny, but it's um, there's an episode yeah. where they have to review the film and uh, Frank Reynolds is talking about that they, they need to bring people back to theatres and community and then the woman realises that he's actually talking about the porno theatres. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean that? And he's like, are you talking about porn? I'm talking about community, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is literally like that, man. Um <laughs> And that cool, you know, that uh, the second death is one of the performers who kind of, you know, goes off stage and then goes into her room and, uh, you know, we get like the, the light bulb's been broken. She stands on it, you know, um, and it's kind of, you know, implied that um, both of the the people, you know, the, the man with missing fingers, who they think is the New York Ripper and the woman are both disappeared at this point and yeah. they, they make they, they make a real emphasis that you know um uh, two finger lad isn't there you know mm. so you're like oh this is the fucking dude and then when she goes to get changed you hear like you hear, you hear donald duck yeah again like, yeah. like stab her in the puss with a fucking broken bottle and it's not massively gory but it no. is pretty pretty gross when you think about it, you know. Yeah, no, I think there's there's quite a bit of blood that does come out, like blood flowing through the bottle. I think yeah. so. Oh, it's yeah. quite a cool effect that it suddenly appears with that, um, and obviously it has a quite a suspenseful because she goes into like a like a, a room where the lights are all out and she thinks her manager's hiding in there or something. Yeah. And, but again it doesn't go straight into it she kind of sits there for a bit and it's a bit like odd like she's like waiting around and then finally it's like yeah. Donald Duck you whore <laughs> um, yeah it, but again like that's what I meant it kind of it gives a little bit of time for it to build up a little bit so he like it, there is definitely a, a, a start of trying this out but as I mentioned to you um, a lot of this stuff is is said to be basically like, I mean, one, like we've talked about the script being a little bit all over the place. And this was a case of, I believe that basically Fulci like didn't like, didn't like the producers at first didn't like the script. Then Fulci didn't yeah. understand the new script. And then like five days before they started filming, Fulci was like to a new screen script writer is like, I want you to make a, a better, a new script. And like in five yeah. days um, <laughs> or, or like, or at least not necessarily the outside, but like the dialogue, he wanted it to be better, like different. Um, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> the dialogue is odd and strange. And, That's you know, really it's cool. it, it, it's someone who's never been to America or New York who's trying to write yeah. dialogue based on, again, I, I think based on a cop show that they've seen on American TV or something <laughs> like a shitty, yeah. shitty American, like, TV shows of the time. Um, and, yeah, so you've got this whole odd, like, dialogue. and But then it's even been said that Fulci basically just added a bunch of the sex stuff that wasn't even in the script. Like, he just went off and yeah. started filming, like, yeah, that could happen in, like, a restaurant. <laughs> or it could happen in a peep show. Yeah, <laughs> or, he's just like, oh, yeah. Um, or, you know, while we've got this great set piece taking place, like, in a bank. Yeah, bank. Yeah. What, about, what about a peep show? <laughs> it was like, it's like, yeah, oh, she could get stuck in, like, a room or an elevator with the two-fingerless man. Now, how about she has sex with the two-fingerless man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> leading to the, to the rich lady's death. Um, yeah. Like, which is a bit like, he keeps popping up throughout. So of course he does lay the seeds that he is the, the killer. Yeah. And you start to just like think that, which again is a kind of a good frog. And then um, she's has that whole scene. And then it cuts away and it shows that basically he's like, 
he still is a bit of a fuck because he's basically looks like he's been beating her during sex. Basically, he's tied yeah. her up and then like <laughs> she she's literally covered in like bruises and scratches. Um, but it's not until but she still doesn't seem too concerned at that point, which again no. maybe shows her her kind of what she's into that she's really trying to push the boundaries, which is why you know she's in trouble because she's a woman that's constantly looking for that boundary to be pushed. Yeah. Um, because I don't know, not happy in her relationship or whatever it is, sexually like wants well, they, to come out of that kind of uh, repressed husband it, or whatever. After her death, they talk about it, and it's it's a it's an actual stone cold like thing when you think about it. It's like your wife's just been murdered, and now I'm just going to play you a recording of her getting banged. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's really weird when you think about it. <laughs> it is but really it is. weird. He's, he says to her like the detective kind of says to the husband what's what's the fucking story um so you know i'm paraphrasing <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's kind of like well you know she's a she's a great wife but like people have like different sides to them you know you have to let them indulge in it and it's kind of like he knows what's going on he's yeah, like fine that's with what it. i mean there's that it's weird like something that they've agreed to like a sharing straight. thing yeah, but uh, the scene where um where she picks up the um the two fingered guy is really good. I thought, um, you know, it's kind of uh, so you know they pick up. That's after she's had the scene where she gets like molested in the in the bar. Yeah, um, and one of the um one of the guys looks like a young um what's his name um. He looked like the guy from uh, Key and Peele, uh, Keegan Michael K. I don't know if you <laughs> if you thought, but he looked like a young version of him. Um, <laughs> I so didn't she, think uh, that. But... <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> but either way, you know, she gets molested, and then she's like, she picks him up. They have like BDSM sex. He ties her to the bed, yeah. and on the radio, there's a there's a like a a, a disc jockey who kind of does like a fairy warriors-esque moment where he's like um if you're out there mr ripper leave yeah. our women alone and then he says like for all you women out there be careful of a man who's only got three fingers and he's you know he's nutted so he's a, so th- this dude's asleep like fast asleep she's tied up and then she hears it yeah. sees that he's got like you know two fingers missing and starts to freak out and yeah. sneaks off and it was, it's quite that, a good that's scene the point when she looks thing. freaked out as well it's like after yeah. everything that's happened you're thinking oh are you are I'm you into far. that but i guess you were into that but yeah. until she hears that and it's like oh, okay now you want to escape <laughs> and yeah and the i think the uh the cool thing is like at that point in time we think that he is the killer as well we don't have any anything to show opposite because there's a couple yeah. of like we have we have met there. we have met the actual killer by this point i think i think we have met him in a scene or so yeah the, the, young, the younger um, guy who actually the guy is like eric foreman yeah yeah eric foreman yeah that. Um, eric foreman um in that weird weird dream that because we a lot of um a lot of Fulci's films do do this they introduce after quite a few of the players have already been set up because At this point, we've already introduced the uh, weird free finger guy, the sex obsessed woman, the detective, the 
like university psychologist lecturer that they've gone to you know get like a profile on yeah who is kind of like not like a main character but quite a big supporting character so we you know we've already introduced quite a few characters by the time the actual killer and the uh kind of the the new sensual character has been introduced you know the final girl if you would even though giallo you know it's not really like a final girl as per se it she kind of is um yeah it's hard to say because she's not there from the start of all of this and she's not like prominent from the beginning but she is like but because it literally is it's like halfway through the film when she's introduced in like a fever dream where uh, her partner is the like is the one trying to kill her in the dream kind of thing which yeah is it would to me was like oh that's a big clue it seems like that's okay that's the killer um and i feel <clears throat> i feel like what like you were getting at um i found it v- like this is this one part that i thought was just like it seems a bit odd like he seems out of place and to be honest throughout the film his ho- the whole their whole part of the film is the part that suddenly feels out of place it yeah. feels like they've just been shoehorned in to have someone else be the killer as like the twist but if it they'd been introduced earlier in the film and we knew that this was something we were following like his daughter and her in the hospital had been introduced earlier in the film, then you might yeah. be able to follow it and track it and fit. But because he's just suddenly introduced and he, he doesn't even really get that much to do. It's more about her. It's more about the, you know, the one that's recovering from hospital. Yeah. Um, and he's just kind of occasionally there. Like he doesn't actually do much by himself really. So it's just, it, yeah, he, he feels out of place and he feels a bit shoehorned suddenly into the plot. Like we had to yeah. find someone to be the killer and we want it instead of being like the odd outsider guy, it's actually the normal everyday guy, which again, totally would have worked just if it had been put in earlier in the film, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, all of their scenes I found really like were fell flat. I felt oh, yeah, like, I felt yeah. like they were like the low points in the film. Like I was enjoying the, I was quite enjoying the like the voyeurism with the 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 rich lady, and I was quite enjoying the detectives' parts and the parts with the killer and the different women. And then the second it got to this kind of odd like B plot or C plot or whatever you'd call it, um, it, it, it that part every time they were in it, I was like, I don't really know why are we suddenly caring about these characters? Why do we suddenly yeah. have to invest in these characters? And that's why to me it straight away it seemed obvious. It's like it's because now you've introduced the actual killer. <laughs> Yeah, like that's it. Like, yeah, the, I do agree. I think it felt a bit lazy. <laughs> felt a bit lazy. I was thinking as soon as it started, oh, it's got to be the, uh, it's got to be the detective, isn't it? That he's yeah like, mental and he's doing it. And there was uh that's why know, it's all was... point of view and stuff. Yeah, you know, um, and I don't know whether that was the best way to you know to uh, go about it, you know, um, but it, yeah, I I agree. This. That the little subplot and introduction, and as characters themselves do kind of fall flat, but I think that her introduction as a you know uh, survivor of the of the Ripper, and being the one who's like, yeah, I saw two you know, three finger guy on the on the train just before, is I get that you know it's kind of a logical way of introducing her. I think, like you said, it's just the scenes that they have do it fall a little flat. And that, that it was also quite confusing because it didn't match up with the scene itself because it said the whole subway and that she was the survivor, but she also saw him, her her partner. Yeah. She saw him at the 
in that kind of part. So that's why I was starting to be like, is it a dream? And also in, in that one, obviously she's meant to be attacked, but she gets her throat sliced, but her throat isn't scarred or she, her throat isn't yeah. slit. So I, I couldn't I, tell whether it was a dream that she was and she'd had something else happen to her or whether she was actually attacked. And I think they do, they do say she was. Um, and that's why I was a bit like, what, what happened? <laughs> that, what? Yeah. Do, really were you weird. attacked by someone or was that the dream of you and you were actually only slightly attacked by someone or you so i mean like well, really... we know she she was attacked because she, she sees the guy on the train and then um the 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 ripper swing you know fr- goes to attack her and the knife like scratches or chips off a bit of this wall and yeah. she goes back later to the scene of to the scene of it, and she sees that on the wall. Yeah. Um, but it's after that that she gets chased into like an old like movie theater or something like that. And it's it's somewhere across the line that it becomes a dream sequence. Yeah. So it's like it, yeah, it's yeah, like we're it's seeing it weird. recalled but mixed in with a dream, which is a, is it is a cool idea. But sadly, at this point in the film, without knowing them, it, it becomes a confusing scene yeah, <laughs> instead definitely. of a, a clear like idea of of what's kind of happening. Um, yeah. yeah, which again is, I mean, some of it some of it is cool and like the 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 subway scene and stuff that I liked. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't quite as effective. It just generally there was just something about them that just felt so out of place. It felt like, and to be honest, their part of the story, I think is the one uh, major thing from making this film being a better Fulci film than it is. I agree with you on that. I think this, the whole subplot, including the daughter and the Donald Duck part. (laughs) I think if you've removed that whole subplot of the idea that they came up with, um, Again, not in any particular order anyway. So the whole subplot of like basically when it is revealed it's him and it's like a his his daughter's toy almost made him be an avenger of they say it like an avenger of a an avatar of his actual self. Like he yeah. uses it as a form and it's just like what that's the weirdest fucking like I've ever heard of someone taking on the form of something. Like if you took on the form of another person or if a daughter yeah. loved like I said to you Leslie. Her da- uh, if her daughter loved like some kind of masked figure and he'd gone around yeah. in a mask, Wearing like it. I'd like yeah. that. But the whole idea that he d- he doesn't even he doesn't even dress like a duck, which again would be even more <laughs> fucking weird. But yeah. you know the fact that he the only part he's taken on is he somehow he's seen his daughter's toy every day. He's been in the hospital and he's like, my daughter's never going to get to be like these whores, yeah, <laughs> or something the, like that. The, it's very it's like. It doesn't feel thought out at all. It felt no. like that's the part where I'm like that whole five day script thing. I feel like I could imagine that's where that's that where came, came from. And they yeah. were like, oh, we need to add in more of like a, a the script writer almost was like, we need to add in more of like a final girl kind of character. You know what I mean? We yeah. have that. So let's introduce them and let's make, let's not just go with the standard we, we're following the killer. Let's add in a different color. And I feel like that just, it just all feels so odd. And yet I feel yeah. like, I feel like that's the part that probably Fulci actually liked. And that was the part he was like, this is a better script because it's weird and it's different. And it's like, oh, I yeah. haven't seen that before. Instead of it just being a standard, this guy, this, this guy is a killer, or even a twist like the detective is the killer. He would have gone, no, that's that's too normal. That's, that's too been obvious. done. Like yeah, that's, that's too let's have let, let's uh, let's have Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah. And, but but you're you're kind of right. It's it's strange because by using the Donald Duck thing, you do get these kind of quite cool moments where 
he rings, you know, the detective and he's like, you know, he's he's winding him up, basically. Quacking you know, him. he's telling quacking at him, telling him that he's going to kill someone. He's going to leave a tribute for him. And that that, that is when he kill you know, he kills um, Kitty, which is the prostitute that uh, yeah. the detectives have an affair with, which is a, you know, it's a it's a gross scene. And this is this is a bit of film that I want to talk about. So we get. um we get this phone call saying he's going to kill someone as a tribute, I think. And then we see Kitty tied to, to a bed and they're trying to like, as they do, they're trying to triangulate where he's from. He's got to keep him on the phone. Um, and that's where he puts the razor blade like slowly down her, her like face until we get to the eye. He goes over the eye and into it. And the eye is still moving, which is gross. It moves a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he kills her and, uh, you know, he, he kills her. Um, and I think by the time he gets there, obviously, like, she's been absolutely brutalized by the time they found out where the location's coming from. Yeah. There's then this really interesting part where they find the body of the two fingered guy, uh, three fingered guy. He's yeah. killed himself. Right. And um, then I don't know if you picked up on this, but the uh the the psychotherapist is playing a game of is playing ch- like electronic chess throughout yeah. the throughout the film and he says this line after that woman's dead and after they find the body of the uh the person and he says checkmate you think according to fixed patterns like a cop he says that just like as a thing that's cut, like a shot that's edited in and I thought, oh, oh shit! This is like this is the twist is that um, the psych, like the psychologist, has actually been the New York Ripper. The body they've just found is the real psychologist, and yeah. he, the you know, the New York Ripper has been playing a game with uh, the detective. And I thought that's a, that's actually quite a cool twist. Yeah. But then this scene is just never referred to again. It's just like you think well, to fix patterns like a cop, and then it's just like, we are, yeah. No, the so psychologist like seemed like to me actually like seemed like the most obvious one to be the killer, and yet yeah, it was just because again because the Eric Foreman dude will go with uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because Eric he's Foreman, so shoehorned in, it felt so obvious that he's going to be the killer from the second yeah. he shoehorned in but no you're you're right i i did i did notice though that that kind of um that that checkmate and the the, the fact that it kept referring to chess and things like yeah. that he seemed most logical because he was brought in by the cop i mean i know that might be a, an obvious plot choice in like a lot of horrors and uh, yeah. thrillers and stuff that the cop is the one that brought in the actual killer to do it and, and doesn't realize it but um no, that bit scene, and again, it just that's what feels again like it's been like these changes where certain scenes of certain script points have still remained, yeah, and they've just left them in there, like as if the psychologist was the because even that if it had been the psychologist and he had kind of framed even framed that guy or even framed the Eric Foreman dude, and then yeah, and then imagine you, the scene you get at the end with the daughter crying, that would have had such more of an effect if you realize that he's actually been, um. Framed. He's been, yeah. So everyone he's thinks been, that he's the killer news. and he had actually been framed. Um, or if the psychologist, even if they come up with some shitty thing like the psychologist had somehow 
um, you know, brainwashed the guy or made him do that kind of noise and stuff like that. And then yeah. you get, you, then you realize the psychologist is like, you know, actually the one who's brainwashed him to do his bidding or whatever kind of thing, you know, and then he's got the, the scene with the daughter, but because you don't have any of that, like, certain scenes just no longer like that one doesn't make sense and the weirdly dark ending with the dark daughter crying about her so dead weird. daddy just suddenly seems so out of place because it's like one we didn't even realize the daughter was still alive which is part of i think what they think is a twist but really it just leaves this oddly dark tone on a film that mainly felt quite like kind of quirky and like slightly satirically voyeuristic humorous surrealist and suddenly that ending feels very much like a different film altogether like a different ending it feels like that we're meant to feel sorry for the death of the killer but because they've made him the new york gripper you're kind of like "Uh, well sorry little girl but your daddy's a fucking your daddy's been torturing her thing so i'm sure you'll be better off with whoever adopts you instead because you know that's not (laughs) it's just such a weird note to end it on Oh, it's um, really weird. And I mean that. So they find out that uh, they 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 date uh, three finger guys, you know, body um, as being eight days, you know, dead. Kitty got killed four days ago. So they're like, well, it has to be somebody else. And then they give us this like weird. The guy in the morning is literally like such a dick about it. He's like, yeah. well, fuck you saying? <laughs> He's fuck like, literally saying. like, what are you saying? Like, I'm not. <laughs> Are you I saying I'm, I'm not doing. a qualified person? You've known me so long. He's basically like, yeah. like, fuck you. <laughs> I can yeah, do my job, you piece of shit. <laughs> everybody in this film's a dick. <laughs> um, but then they start talking about the, the possibility that it could be a woman, and there's only Faye left in the film at this point. So you get this strange bit where they then go back to like um, the apartment of Eric Foreman and Faye. And there's just this really weird bit. So Eric Foreman's introduced as being like a physicist or something. And there's just random, he's just randomly doing an equation on a board. And I just like the idea of like, he just does that for fun on an evening. Um, (laughs) And there is this kind of bit that uh, they introduce the, um, that's when they, they introduce the daughter and, it's strange. They introduced the daughter, in, like they haven't introduced her for the whole film. Like the last ten minutes, she's in it in that kind of like air vacuum bag, you know, to keep her in because she's got, I don't know, she's she's got something that will just wipe out the world or something. I don't know. I don't know what she's got. <laughs> um, and the the nurses are like, yeah, you know, she she's never going to grow up. Um, nobody come really comes to visit her. She's got a father in Brazil and a mum who's not around anymore. I'm sure they say like mother or father in Brazil and the other one isn't around anymore. And then uh, we get like a, you know, a a phone call um, and both answer it. Eric Foreman answers it and Faye answers it. And Faye has been in the kitchen before and she's looking around and she notices like a scuff on one of the knives in the kitchen. And then they both answer the phone and we hear the Daffy Duck voice, but we don't know who's talking to who. And it's quite cool. Uh, you know, it's, it's done quite well because like she picks up the phone and then when she go, when the, we see her in a shop, put, put it down, it's Eric Foreman who steps away from it, which and it looked quite cool. And we get that whole thing of like, Oh, actually like one of these is the New York Ripper. And I yeah. was thinking, Oh, actually, 
it might be Faye, and she might have made up the whole that she was attacked by him and someone else. And then, because um, she then stabbed Which him. also would make the earlier confusing scene of the dream sequence and the lack of certain scars and stuff make sense. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Um, and it's actually, it is actually like quite confusing, I thought, because it just, it, it's kind of like, oh, who is this? And then he's just like, yeah, runs at her, starts quacking, and gets stabbed. You know, like I said uh, before, it feels it does feel like it's stitched together of different ideas that then no one kind of fully developed. So yeah, it's like it does feel like you've got the three stages of a script, and they've just instead of carefully going back and removing parts that they no longer decide to go with, they just kept adding parts onto it and covering yeah. over parts without going back and checking if other parts made sense anymore. And so you know, what I mean, it does. Yeah. The whole idea of that like five day script does totally make sense in some of the ideas oh, of here because you're literally like, yeah, I can see how like they didn't really think this part through, <laughs> like, no. or they didn't check to see if that that line still made sense anymore or if this character still makes sense anymore. Yeah, and this, it does. I, the but, third act I do think kind of falls apart a bit. The the gore and does. the brutality is still good. But oh, it when, just when really uh, gets shot. Oh, that's so funny! <laughs> but it's like a mannequin head where it's it just like, like blows for it. I loved exploded. it. I, thought, I was like, "That's so good!" I, I thought that was great. Yeah, <laughs> like when you get a and really hit funny, on, like a game. Yeah. yeah, or like when you blow up a zombie's head on Resident Evil. It was just like that. It just explodes. It's so funny, <laughs> and it's so clear that it's just a mannequin. And I imagine like Fulci has just just like hates this guy. He's at who's who's acting him, and he's got like loads of different ones, and he's just like one hand beaten off, one hand with a revolver, and he's just like <laughs> bang, blows the head up, and he's like, no, do it again, replaces it, just blows the head up, and just keeps doing yeah. it because it's so like so you know, it, it's so violently explodes. It so is, much. yeah, it literally goes straight because it's like a, it literally is like a like a mannequin like statue kind of plasticine kind of head, so you can see the way yeah. it cracks like that, and. Um, yeah, so odd. And then, uh, yeah, again, that the daughter that followed by the daughter, like the daughter, like daddy, like that. Yeah. Which again, yeah. it like it, that the the change in tone is so odd in that way. The way it goes, like it goes, we find the killer. Oh, we got the killer. Bang, dead explosion, which is both kind of like cool but yeah. kind of funny. Then you get that daughter scene, you're on, you're like, what? Okay, that's weirdly dark. And then it's followed by the seventies cop music. <laughs> Yeah, which so then weird. undercuts that dark scene completely because it doesn't match the tone at all, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's so. I mean, it's such an. It's, it's a. It's a. It's a. It's a fun watch. It's just. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just so. Oh, yeah, it's so odd. Um, I don't but, think it's. It's definitely not Fulci's best. Um, you know, no, it's know, very inconsistent. Yeah. I, I know. I know consistency isn't really the top of his like, yeah. list. <laughs> Um, but I do think it's much more so than like than the one or two other ones that I've seen of his. Um, I, I think, but it does still like most of Fulci's, for instance, a lot of Fulci's stuff is video nasty. Yeah, but a lot of yeah. it was banned. Um, this one, like, so I can go into the video nasty part. I can definitely completely see in terms of the gore and the violence towards women. I can see why they would have banned it. Obviously, this is yeah. eighty two. So this is actually pushing towards the end of the video nasty era. Um, yeah. 
is getting much closer to that. So when you'd think that they'd maybe let certain things off, but I would say that because of the the way that women are cut up with everyday objects and stuff like that is one thing, the way that it kind of has that kind of male gaze on the women constantly like yeah. different body parts and sexualized. Yeah. And there's a, there's a mix between a kind of sad, like sadistic nature towards women, but also like, a, you know, that constant kind yeah. of ogling of women and showing sexual scenes of, you know a lot you don't really get a lot of the male kind of like you do get some male having sex with women but a lot of the shots are mainly still focused on the woman not the man um so you know i i can i can see from those point of views why this would be banned because i can i can see there's certainly things in here that are probably more uh either people struggle with or where they could see that maybe someone would take on the idea of this more than probably even say other ones like evil dead and stuff like yeah. that like this one's much more real so you can see why oh, they yeah, would it ban it. it's a lot more grounded as well than the other kind of films that we've covered you know yeah yeah weird to say with this film with a donald yeah, duck swap, grounded yeah but... donald duck you know swap i mean compared to a man I think, who, uh, apart from the last house on the left this probably is the the, the the closest to being like a real real kind yeah. like you know it's so you can see really happening unlike some of the others which have been a little bit more supernatural or uh, yeah. strange in different ways um so the b the bbc the bbfc because uh, this one really was like this one um, is one of the ones um, that was really kind of pushed away and took a very yeah. long time for it ever to recover. Um, so in the United Kingdom, the, the the film was screened for the BBFC, and one of the women in charge, Carol Toploski, described the film as simply the most damaging film I've ever seen in my whole life, and a relentless catalogue of. <laughs> Um, eponymous uh, anti-hero villain cutting women up women up so yeah they would hated this film like, this one yeah. got a proper <laughs> the film was banned obviously in the united kingdom and it was it was out in america but even then it got limitations in the, in the other parts of the world as well um and it wasn't allowed to be sold until 2002 so 20 years it took. um yeah, yeah. So it was originally banned due to its high level of sexual violence against women. That was the main contention point, which obviously makes sense makes within sense, the context. A lot of, you know, I mean, that that is, you know, that is a lot of horror films. It is a lot of horror films. Yeah, there was a lot you of know? other ones that have a lot of horror towards women that were not so badly kind of taken apart. And I, I think it, I think it's it with this one, it's um because i would say like there, there are ones that i don't think were as badly treated more mainstream ones that actually had a lot of violence towards women and death and blood and gore yeah um you know like friday the 13th films and stuff like that that have plenty of that kind of stuff in it um i, I think it's, it's the sexualized part yeah. isn't it it's the voyeurism part of it that is really the part that makes it feel it feels seedier doesn't it it feels like it's yeah, going it into does. the dark underground of things um so um yeah sexual violence against women and although it was finally released 20 years later the film actually remained censored on most really? copies yeah so okay. um there's a, a breast slashing scene um that remains unacceptable in the bbfc guidelines so it's still oh. banned so even if you get the blu-ray and stuff in the uk it's That's you still can't see that scene um oh, wow. the breast and i can actually think can breast slashing scene which scene gets the I, breast slash? I don't remember a breast slashing scene. I, I, I mean, it would have been. It well, would have cut. W- you, yeah, it's cut. <laughs> so it is still cut. Yeah, in our copies. So yeah, 
We didn't see I that mean, scene. I could imagine it maybe in the dream or during Kitty's death, probably. I think that would have taken place. Because that's the one where she's like, she's tied down naked. The Kitty scene. Um, and after slicing her eye, he slices off her nipple. Oh, he slices one of horrible. her nipples off. Um, so yeah, that's that's the scene in question that happens with her. And yeah, so no, I that wasn't on my copy, and apparently it's censored in most parts, uh, but and several parts of the world as well don't accept that scene. They say that's uh, that's a step too far for a level of violence beyond yeah. slicing <laughs> an eyeball in half. Is just about acceptable, but uh, slicing a nipple off—that's that's going too far. That's too, yeah, that, that's definitely. I think too far. I think it is. It's that specific to maybe like, yes, men yeah. have nipples, but it's specific to like a woman or um, like a kind of uh, you know that kind of maternalistic part of people that is like that's like yeah. that's like really taking specific damage towards a woman kind of thing. I think yeah, um, it's pretty clear like sexualized violence. You know that yeah. definitely. So I can kind of see that. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely can see why this is a video nasty. Um, I, I think, to be fair, I wouldn't, I'm not surprised that a majority of Fulci stuff prob- was a video nasty, to realise. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we'll, cut, we'll definitely be back on Fulci again um, for our take on uh, some of his other ones that have uh, I mean, certainly... We uh, we very much enjoy them. I know some people out there might be a bit more mixed on these kind of styles because of the the editing style or the fact that it's not your standard classic kind of filmmaking style. Um, yeah. But if you haven't given these a go before, I'd say start like start opening your horizons, get past the yeah. dubbing, and I think you'll you'll find some odd stuff to enjoy in these kind of films. And uh, any of these censored films, I think, are ones that people should pop out because this is why we do video nasties it's 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 for us in britain anyway this is a this is a major part in like history um of film yeah Um, it is it's a big part you know and Um, it's it's one of those important things that we kind of come back round to but i do think i think that people should see these films at the back because a lot of them also we we said we when we were out we, we were out of the shops and we we're saying like a lot of these films that were were banned first time release and you see them in shops like first time ever release on Blu-ray oh, yeah but not just Blu-ray released in general and a lot of them we were like well probably because they were banned so no one ever really heard of them so some films yeah. never got a fair shake there are horror films out there that have not had justice we're here no, to give you fair. that justice <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean I'm a I'm a big fan of Italian horror I've said it on the on the podcast before. Um, and I don't think this is my my favorite Fulci film. No, but I agree. I think people, you know, people should watch them. I think there are a lot of them that flew under the radar because they were they were not only banned, but because they, you know, they're not the mass appeal isn't there. I don't think they do have the you know the the quirks and the eccentricities that people kind of need to get their head around. I think the dubbing is is definitely one thing. You've got to be able to kind of get into the idea that actually it's got to be dubbed and it might it might feel a little bit off at first because it's so clear that it's dubbed. Um, and it ha- kind of has this surreal fever dream to it. And the pacing is a bit strange. And the plot points are a bit, not just inconsistent, but, you know, it's kind of scattered and it's... It, kind of plays loosely with themes and it te- it's more interested in telling something cool and, and you know and playing with these themes than it is so much telling 
a cohesive story at times. Um, Absolutely. Overall, what were your overall thoughts on the film before we finish? Um, I, I think I enjoyed it more than I thought when I first started watching it. I wasn't too yeah. sure, um, but I think as I kind of got used to it, I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought. I I feel like in a lot of terms, as I said, like if if this was if this was a different director or a different yeah. thing, I'd be saying that this is probably a mess of a film. But it's still fun in a lot of ways. Yeah. The gore is still good. Um, you know, for people that have got a bit of a voyeuristic nature and like to see these kind of parts, you know, um, there's definitely something in- I I found so interesting in those kind of parts. I, I think that they were they were interesting the way they showed that kind of seedy underground of like New York, and he did yeah. that, you know, even though it was actually Rome. <laughs> it was. Um, I I think that was interesting. I think it's just it is almost too bad for the film that they didn't almost kind of lean into that kind of part more. That Fauci didn't really yeah. go for the the CD voyeuristic killer, really go for the kind of almost Jack the Ripper style of you know the the murderous like dark and gritty, slightly darker and grittier kind of way, and go away from more of the having to feel like it almost felt like they were constantly trying to find a twist. When I don't yes. say I would have been quite happy if it was just a straightforward point of view killer. And detective kind of you know sexualized like this is what new york city is for this like these people are getting themselves in danger because they're putting themselves in these situations these women are in danger because of some of these things and for all different choices and all different ways of life that the women were living in new york at that time i think that was an interesting story i think when they tried to add in the plot points and stuff and I do think the Donald Duck thing is just a bit too ridiculous to pull off, and the explanation is is a, is probably one of the probably one of the worst twists I think I've seen in a horror film. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> I think it's one that just doesn't make any any sense at all. It is a, it is a nonsensical. It's it's like um, the happening, you know, the Mark Wahlberg yeah. one where it's like the trees did it. It's like yeah, okay, <laughs> you think <laughs> yeah, you're being clever, but you're really not. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think. Um... I I really enjoy most of the film. Um, I I think you know I love the I love the weirdness of the soundtrack. The gore's great. I think the first two acts I think are, are are much stronger. And I think I agree when he's leaning into the voyeurism and the sex and how that's kind of linked in with the Ripper and all of that kind of taboo stuff. It's a lot stronger of a film. It's kind of when they have this weird kind of other plot and then we find out who the actual killer is. And then, yeah, it's kind of a, it's just, a, a it feels like it, they realised, oh shit, we've only got like 15 minutes left of this film. We need to wrap it up pronto. That's kind yeah. of the feeling I get. I think, I agree. I think it either should have had a, better twist without uh without Faye and Eric Foreman being introduced it should have had a better twist that like like you said the psychiatrist was maybe behind it or they should have just stuck with you know uh free finger man on the kind of on the loose doing this and just had you know a bit more of a straightforward story and focused on on that because the yeah. the jalo aspects are, are, are quite cool. The voyeurism's pretty cool. It's just when it kind of tries to have this, oh, this dude's doing it because he's, you know, he's got a daughter who's never got to grow up and never got to be beautiful like these women, and they're not, you know, 
staying pure and taking care of themselves. So he's going to take it out on them because they're, they don't appreciate it or they're abusing it. It's, it's kind of like, well, I mean, that's cool, but you know, that could have been a bit more fleshed out. You know? Yeah, so it's, it's it definitely is. It should have lent more into the, I liked the point of view thing and it's very much in the, from an artistic style, is very much like the Michael Powell and Peeping Tom, the UK yeah. British film, um, which was one of the first to give you the point of view and one of the first that kind of riz this, caused this rising up of, um, you know, them starting to be like, these horror films have a bad effect on. That was a 60s one, but before yeah. the video nasties, but it's one of the ones that caused one of the biggest stirs before they introduced the video act kind of thing to, yeah. to stop it. So, um I think if it lent more into that point of view and worried less about giving some interesting like twist or something on the film, I think he could have actually had a really strong film here. Um, sadly, it's just it's watered down by just some odd, yeah, European. Sometimes even feels a bit Euro trashy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, bad. kind of choices um, that kind of yeah dilute it down. Um, have you got any other things that you want to add? No, I think, you know, I think I agree. I think I would yeah. recommend people watch it, you know. Um, but yeah, I, think I, so, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you've kind of summed it up, man. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Well, as always, it's uh, we, we hope that you've enjoyed the show. It's been a fun little trip to New York to hunt down the New York Ripper. Um, please hit that subscribe button. It really does help the, the show grow. But in a couple of months, we're going to be doing our 100th episode. Um, and we are looking to hear any uh, films that you want us to cover in particular. So if there's a particular film that we haven't covered and you really want us to, or you've got a favourite film and you, you want to hear what we think about it, come and let us know your thoughts um, on TikTok, Instagram and uh, Twitter at CMTH Podcast. Let us know your thoughts <laughs> on New York Ripper video nasties and what you'd want us to cover for our 100th episode please hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review and we will see you next week goodbye